Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas Routine for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Fireballs, fireballs, and fireballs is basically the recap here. Lance Thalen going crazy on the fireballs to all of the enemies. Being in the heart of the caldera, the Well of Dragons, what other options are there when you have enemies surrounding yourself? But not all the enemies surrounding yourself. For you found Ralph and a few Zentarum companions. Companions in air quotes, as companionish as the Zentarum can be, at the entrance, helping you eliminate some of the competition, eliminate some of the enemies of the Cult of the Dragon. As one enemy, the leader of this particular section, was running out to warn people, Lance Thalen rushed past took care of them, and as they ran outside, they were witnessing what appeared to be an apocalyptic event. And that is where we join our adventurers on this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. So, Lance, as you rush out after this individual who had made it out of the lava tubes into the opening, where the battle is actively going on, you take care of them, and as soon as you take care of them, you slow down your run, and it's at this, at this point that Fleeple and Mal, you join shortly thereafter, and there is absolute madness and chaos happening outside of these lava tubes. You were not privy to the battle starting as you were in the lava tubes itself, so what you see before you is war war in all of its violent and drastic behavior. You have the West, the Waterdeep Coalition, with all of their armies, with all of their factions rushing towards the caldera. Pockets of them have been broken up now due to the pockets of the cultists that are now fighting them off. You see dragons in the air, and Malamar in particular. You don't only see chromatic, you do see some metallic dragons in the sky, which is news to you as Leosin was not aware if the, the metallic dragons were there. You see giants just with clubs scraping against the ground, trying to uh, drag people and crush them from under the earth. You see Bouts of fire, rather, gouts of fire erupt from the ground into the sky towards the dragons. Poison being sprayed across the ground. Acid being thrown in large vials, large tubs even. You see just mass chaos. Now, while you take all of this in, there are some things I want to let you know about of the general landscape that you can see. The first one being that there are metallic dragons in the sky assisting the Waterdeep Coalition. It appears that your words um, have made some impact, Malamara. And although they are not as plentiful as the chromatic dragons, they are there to help alleviate 
the ground forces by distracting some of the more ancient dragons uh, to just prevent total annihilation in the Waterdeep Coalition. This is a good sign and uh, possibly will allow the Arcane Brotherhood to possibly get to you to assist in the final battle itself. But what is also interesting to see is that you see these pockets of cultists fighting and that is a little bit odd, but the more you see and the more you realize that your plan has worked in dividing the cult of the dragon from being a unified force due to the deception with Vandal with his body and sowing those seeds of dissent through these performances that you made over the past week. It looks like they are fractured portions of the cult of the dragon. They have retreated within their individual camps instead of presenting a full-fledged force against the Waterdeep Coalition, which is absolute fantastic news as you see that you can't see Anthar Froom, but you do see the banner of the Order of the Gauntlet as they are pushing back or decimating these small pockets of the Cult of the Dragon. There are some pockets of the Waterdeep Coalition being annihilated by some of these giants as there isn't anything to block them, but you see that there are uh, the Lord's Alliance uh, are starting to wheel in these large, um, almost siege-like weapons, but they're just slow going to take care of these larger enemies here. Um, this is a lot to take in. Jank Squad, is there anything that you are looking for, wanting to do, questions that you have? In the middle of a battle where people are fighting and dying, is there safe passage for our prisoners? Good question. That is a good I question. Want. That's a very good question. I thought so. <laughs> I was thinking of other things, so I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I want each of you to roll me a perception check. That is a 16 for me. A 9 for me. 15. 15, 16, and a 9. There do appear to be some pockets that will allow you to um, move forward with these prisoners however there is not a clear path between you and the Waterdeep Coalition at this time there might need to be a path carved either from your side or their side through uh, what that might entail you're not exactly sure but there does seem to be some ground that you can make with these prisoners but not a direct path through the battlefield like I said, there are uh, fractured sections of the Cult of the Dragon, but as those, as they are pushing in to themselves, you're not sure how they're going to react with a bunch of prisoners trying to run out of the um, Well of the Dragons. Hmm. Fleeple, you had a question? I was thinking we had been talking about trying to get a few specific NPCs to kind of join forces with us as we were moving through the rest of our kind of goals here. I guess first question, is Ralph still hanging out with us and his people, or has he split off? He absolutely is still hanging out with you. Um, you hear a voice behind going, Jenk Squad, it is good to see you again. Rather, it is good to be in your presence. And Ralph just goes, ah, all right, all right, Jeremy. All right, come on, come on, calm down. You're, you're fine. Okay, we're, we're okay here. And he goes, uh, wow, this is uh, quite a mess that you guys have made out here. Um, 
Uh, yeah, quite a, quite a big mess. I didn't leave it like this, that's for sure. You know, surprisingly enough, you'd think maybe it was me who caused the most of a ruckus, but it was actually Lance Thalen this time. Uh, as he side-eyes Lance Thalen, he goes, um, you know, a year ago, I would have, uh, that would have been hard to believe. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen a little bit of what your boy can do here. <laughs> you two are so cute. Now, <laughs> how do we... <laughs> So, the uh, I feel like the Arcane Brotherhood, we wanted to see if we could get them directly kind of at our side moving forward. Was that what it was? Yes. The, you wanted to have them break ranks into to help you with the Circle of the Thay Wizards in particular, since they were like 12 magic users in uh, raising the temple and performing the ritual. You wanted magic v. magic as much as possible. Now, their Harpers also might be able to break through to assist, but you currently don't see Leosin as of right now. Uh, it's at this time, I will ask everybody to roll a d6. I'm also going to roll a d6 as well. Ooh, boy. Did we learn what's good and what's bad on a d6? What was it again? Big numbers are good. I got a five. Four. I got a six. Okay. And I got a two. So as of right now, it's going to be you, Ralph, and these prisoners. And Ralph kind of like uh, jerks his head towards the lava tubes and go, so uh, I heard a couple people um, in the lava tubes down there. Uh, you, got, uh, you got some more people with you? Is that right? Well, we do have all of these prisoners that we're hoping to uh, keep from getting killed. Ah. It's looking like that might be a bit more difficult than we were initially planning. But... If we can manage to just carve a little portion through here to there, and I point in the direction of, like, the nearest group of uh, people who are on our team, then hopefully we'll be able uh -huh. to get them off of the front line here. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, look, I don't have many people here, but uh, I might be able to help carve a way, uh, carve a path uh, with a few guys I've got here. Or at the very least, maybe to try and dissuade some people from... Uh, uh, maybe cause some confusion if we wanted to make a beeline towards uh, towards uh, the army here. Well, and is our goal to go with them and carve this, or really to try and get Ralph to go with his people and us back into the lava tubes? Well, we got to get the people on the other side. We got to get the Brotherhood's Alliance to come toward us, so they can get into the lava tube, and then we need to go find Severin. Okay, so we do need to go out to the battle to get the Arcane Brotherhood. Okay, gotcha. So if we can carve a hole, the Brotherhood can get in here, and then we can continue on our journey. Okay. All right. I guess we just point Ralph in a direction and say, go, get us through, and then we assist him along the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not a one-man show, okay? So uh, we're all going to need to work together here. You're so modest, Ralph. Yeah. Uh, look, I like the way you think, but uh, I know my capabilities as well, all right? So uh, Lance will walk up to Ralph and be like, Ralph, this is why I put you in a position of power to help us in this moment. And Jeremy, and I'll turn to Jeremy the sword. Yes. My brother, we've had a long journey together, haven't we? <laughs> the road has been long indeed, Lance Thalen. Jeremy. My brother. You must swing true in this moment. Guide Ralph to glory. <laughs> As Lance learned over the years, really the way to get Ralph to do anything is to get Jeremy to get Ralph to do anything. <laughs> Love it. Go roll persuasion check with advantage. 
<laughs> oh boy. That is persuasion with advantage. That's 16. All right. You almost hear like a joyful sob from Jeremy. <gasps> Brothers in arms again, lads, Thalen. We will stand side by side as we carve a path to victory. Forever and always, Jeremy. And Lance is just looking at Ralph the whole time he's saying this with a little bit of a smile. And Ralph has like the deadpan eyes just like staring at you like, really? Really? You're going to go through my sword uh, and not through me? And he'll just kind of like the biggest sigh of like. (sighs) All right, Jeremy. All right, let's do this. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's do this here. Um. All right, to battle, yeah, and all that sort of stuff, okay? <laughs> Jeremy, to battle! <laughs> Just singing. Despair! <laughs> um, so the prisoners, they get ushered out of the um, lava tube, and they are wielding weapons, if you recall, um, something to arm themselves with, but they are not fatigued anymore, nor are they under have low health, but they are very weak as they are prisoners. So uh, we are going to have to see how they fare amongst the chaos of the battle here. So any particular way that you're moving forward or is it just a full sprint to the other side? Uh, I could shoot out a moonbeam ahead of us to try and just kind of carve a path out. Just <laughs> How slow is moonbeam? Uh, moonbeam can move 30 feet and around. But if we're all out sprinting, we can go. Uh, 60 feet so far. Well, realistically, we can only move as fast as our slowest prisoner. Yes, yep. yes. Which would be some children. How slow is that, Thomas? Uh, probably would be, uh, realistically, um, if unless they were being carried by adults, it probably would be um, anywhere from 30 to 45 feet. Do, do we want to do Moonbeam? Would that draw attention, or is it just so chaotic that it doesn't really matter? There's a lot of chaos, but you are very close to some of these camps and these tents. And not all, not everybody in front of us is necessarily an enemy because they're all infighting. Yeah. And so basically what, what's going to happen is we're going to roll random dice rolls as we move forward. But because of the chaos, it'll be less rolls than what it would have been, or there would be less likely of an opportunity for a random encounter to occur because of all the work that you guys have done um, to uh, fracture the cult of the dragon. Let's get some rolling. Let's do it. Okay. So first roll, everybody roll a D6. I will also roll a D6. And just to crunch squad myself real quick, Moonbeam is 60 feet per round. Ah, nice. That's that's just nice. (laughs) Just... That's like fast. I have Sar- That's faster than Sauron you can. just like <laughs> Indeed. burning the landscape in front of you. Yeah. All right. I got a five. I got a five. I got a two. I got a one. Great. Love that you're rolling with us now, Thomas. This is so wonderful. Well, I'm rolling for the Cult of the Dragon. Oh, cool. Yes. I, I, like That's I said, I love that yeah. you're rolling with us. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're running forward, they... It's going to take you a few minutes to get to the nearest uh, section of the Waterdeep Coalition. And as you run forward, uh, you're looking around, you're, you're being aware of what's going on. And um, it's at that point that uh, 
unluckily for this individual, uh, you see a familiar individual stumble out of a tent, clutching their belongings and putting a backpack on. And they're not alone. It appears to have uh, five other individuals, both male, female, of, of a variety of races, who are also chasing after them, also clutching their belongings. This is Coab. Yeah, it is. Uh, with their uh, small gang. Um, and baby as baby they baby stumble baby out of this... As they stumble out, they see you, and uh, Coab points to you and goes, I knew it was you! I knew it was you, Lance Thalen! And he's going to try and engage in battle with you guys. No. Of course he is. Oh, well, yeah. bring it. I, will. I was going to be nice. Just... I was going to be nice and let him run away. I will butcher this man now. <laughs> <laughs> Come along, children. Good Come heavens. on. Come on. <laughs> children, close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> this is just where Fleeple sees this fight. Just gestures to Malamar and just says, let them fight. <laughs> let them Lance fight. has to do this on his own. It's a full kaiju battle between these two. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I kind of do just want to see like how many fireballs from Lance does it take to just completely wreck this crew? You know, Lance is, Lance is going to waste a fireball on this guy. Lance is just going Ooh. to. You don't deserve a fireball. Oh my gosh. Good heavens. Oh boy. Uh, Fleeple, what's your initiative? 20. 20. All right. Lance. 17. 17. And Mal. 16. 16. Okay, folks. I'm going to roll for Ralph, but not his allies, as they are the ones that are going to be trying to protect the main group of prisoners instead of leaving them defenseless in, in case somebody were to attack them, right? But Ralph will join you in the fight, okay? Nice. And Ralph gets a 21. Ooh. So, uh, which is good because that is also what Kawab got. Kawab. 21. Uh, so. Uh, he's not a total weenie. Oh, gosh. No. He has... Uh, he has upgraded since uh, Greenest all those. I thought you were going to say since the last time you saw him. <laughs> oh, no, he's still a coward. He leveled but... up three times between here and the white camp a couple days ago. I'm swole. But Ralph does go first, uh, and he is by each of you. So what would be the best move for Ralph to take uh, between the three of you? What do you think Ralph would want? What do you think would be best for Ralph to do? He kind of is looking to all of you and goes like, all right, are we uh, running or are we, uh, are we annihilating? Uh, what are we doing here? And he goes, yes, lads, what are we doing, brothers in arms? Well, I don't, what is? what are his capabilities? Sorry, I don't know all of his spells and crap. I mean, he can just attack, he can do spells. I mean, he doesn't have, I don't have all of his spells laid out here quite yet. I forgot to grab Josh's character sheet last time, but he has a sword. Yeah, he's got a sword. He's got spells that we can use as well. I mean... What would be best? Are the others with Coab arming themselves, or are they just more booking it? Uh, two of them look like they're arming themselves. The other three are unsure, depending on how the battle goes. All right, Lance will say to Ralph and Jeremy, because, you know, got to talk to Jeremy. Focus on the help. I'll take on this one as I look toward Coab. Very good. All right. And with that, he just goes, uh, okay. 
and he just rushes forward and just, and he just speeds forward as fast as he possibly can. Uh, and he's going to make uh, an attack. And Ned, for this class, um, it's his spell attack modifier that he adds to a physical attack, or is it just a normal, like a dex? Uh, has he entered his blade dance? His blade song? Oh, yeah. He's absolutely done his blade song. Yes, at that point, off the top of my head, I believe he does switch out dexterity for intelligence as his ability modifier for physical attacks. Great. Well, good. He got a 16 on the die, um, which is more than enough to handle some of these individuals here. Uh, and he's going to attack one of his uh, one of the buddies that are... Um, he's going to run right past Kawab, not get an opportunity attack. He's going to go around Kawab, um, but he's going to do one attack on one individual and another attack on the other uh, with his extra attack. So the first one is a non-natural 20. The second is... Ooh, that one is going to be a 16, which still hits, thankfully. So he's going to do some damage. Here we go. Nice. That's going to be 17 damage to the first guy, which is quite an impact, um, surprising them. And then the other guy is going to be... Ooh. Um, 20 points of damage to the other guy. There we go. Uh, that's going to be Ralph's turn. Um, he is going to disengage and uh, step. No, he's not going to do that. He can't. So never mind. All right. He's going to be right there. And it's now Kawab's turn. So Kawab is about 20 feet away from you, Lance Thalen. And he ignores Ralph and his five friends behind him. And he goes... I thought I'd seen the last of you in that poor excuse for a town greenest. But now I see you coming to my doorstep. Well, and he pulls out an orb. He's going to breathe and just... And he's going to spray directly to you, Lance Thalen. And he's got to try to hit. So it's a ranged spell attack. Natural 20. <gasps> no, it's not. It is. Natural 20. On the die for a total of 27. Quab. Where do you DMs keep getting these dice? Quab. <laughs> it's not so much like the die itself. It's just the curse of being the DM that some, most of the time it makes things worse for you. But every so often when it really matters, you get to do some cool stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah, 18d6. I felt that. <laughs> that doubles the amount of dice. This is not a spell. Oh, you said it was a spell attack, so that's what I was thinking. Sorry. Well, it comes from... Well, he has to roll a spell attack, but it's not a spell. It comes from gotcha. his Orb of Dragon's Breath. Okay. So that changes his 68 into 12d8 worth of damage. Okay. Against you, Lance Thalen. 12d8. Let's see. Oh! <clears throat> so, Lance, as he takes his breath, he breathes out this frigid, cold ice, and the ice just seems to filter into your bones and it freezes you to the core, um, which is 65 points of cold damage right to your bones. I'll do uncanny dodge and use my reaction to half that. Okay. So 65 halved. That's going to be 32. Okay. That's going to be his action. Uh, with that, he is going to 
uh, put the orb away as he takes out his short sword and he sort of like flips it back and forth as in his hand as he's got his bundle slung over his shoulder and he's just staring at you, Lance Thalen. That's Coab's turn. So, Fleeple, you are 10 feet away from Lance as he gets blasted by this cold energy. Lance throws up his cloak at the last minute to try and block some of this cold damage, successfully doing so with evasion. Um, but Fleeple, it's your go. Hmm. I'm going to just real quickly look over at Lance and be like, do you want to just take him by yourself or should I do something? Lance will say, I think it's best you support Ralph for now. All right. I trust you. Trust you, bud. Okay, here we go. I'm going to look over at the help, as it were, and I mean, Moonbeam. Why not? All right. There it is, Moonbeam. Yeah, we'll start with... We'll start with just a third level to kind of test the waters. Okay, sounds good. It's not dispelled. These two individuals uh, are right next to each other, and sure enough, they get completely encased by the moonbeam. Um, they don't take damage on their turn. Uh, well, right now, but on their turn, we will roll a saving throw. So, great. Anything else on your turn, sir? Being close as I am to Lance Thielen, I'm just going to step up next to him and be like, yep, I trust you, buddy, trust you, and I'm going to pat him and use my Ritual of Mistletoe to cast a first-level Cure Wounds. Oh, very nice. Way to circumvent that cantrip. Yeah. Business. There you go. That is going to be plus four, nine hit points that you get back. Nine hit points. Okay, sounds good. Well, guess what? If your turn is over, Fleeple, it's these two help peep, the help to roll their saving throw against your moonbeam. So, <laughs> be a DC uh, eighteen con save. Con save, first one. Um, okay, let's do con. That is not great. That's a sixteen and a four. All right. So. That's going to be full damage. Oh, come on. That's only seven. Ah, oh, seven damage. All right. They're going to take the seven, and they're not going to like it. Hmm? They better not like it. No, they're going like to hate it. it, actually, and they're going to go, man, this sucks. I don't like this. That's the idea. Now, they are, however, going to wail on Ralph, actually. So both of them uh, have multi-attack, and both of them uh, gain advantage due to pack attack. So, yeah. So they're going to try and wail on Ralph here. So here's the first attack. All right. Not great. Nope. That's a, that's a miss. That's going to be a 13 to hit. So that fails on his first attack. The second attack is going to hit, though. So that's an 18 on the die. So that will hit. I'm just going to roll the other two attacks. 16 on the die, so that's going to hit as well. And then 19 on the die, so that's going to hit. So it's three attacks. Two of them have fanatical advantage um, based on the dragon soul. If uh, they have advantage on the attack roll, they take an extra 3d6 of the weapon type. So that is going to be 4, 8, um, 96 plus 6 to Ralph. So, ooh. So that's going to be 33 points to Ralph. Well, actually, it's going to be 39 points to Ralph. 
quite a lot. Ralph didn't quite like that. Uh, he kind of looks back after he takes those two slashes and goes, uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I thought these guys were just running. So, um, uh, any help over here would be great, guys. Uh, yeah, any help at all, you know? So, If I'm being honest, none of us expected that this man would actually be competent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this help is not helping me, uh, that's for sure. Uh, but they're going to just chill right there. So it's now Lance's turn. Lance, you are f- 15 feet away from Kawab. Okay. And how close is Ralph to Kawab? Uh, he's 10 feet away, so he is 25 feet away from you. Uh, 20 feet away from you currently. <laughs> Lance will run up. He'll just take out. Yeah, let's let's just freaking go. He'll take out his sword and his dagger, and he will just run straight up to Coab and start attacking. Yep. All right, go ahead and roll, sir. I have waited so long for this day. That is a twenty-one to hit. Oh yeah. And okay, I know this is such a basic question. Attack bonus is your. I'm just making sure I'm doing the math right because I had to fix these last time. Your attack bonus is your whatever modifier plus proficiency, correct? Correct. Okay. If you're proficient with that weapon, which you are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 21 to hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Okay. And then this is just. There's no sneak attack to this. It's just straight damage. And oh, that sucks. But okay, six damage. Six damage, okay. Yep. Roll a straight one there. And then I will attack with my dagger as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's going to be a 18 to hit. 18's a hit. That's a two damage. All right. And then 20 feet, you said. Yep. Lance will back up about 15 feet. Okay. Back towards Mal or closer to Ralph, who's further closer to the help? Back towards Mal, and I don't provoke an opportunity attack because I'm mobile. You don't do it at all? I thought you had to take the dash action. No, it says, when you make a melee attack on a creature, no opportunity attacks for the rest of your turn. Darn. Okay, sounds good. Well, Coab is not liking that. If anything, I would take... Um, I could get rid of the dagger thing and then just take the dash action for that, but I'll look that up just to make sure. Nope, he's not happy about that, but 15 feet away, and Coab is seething that you're running from him. Can I turn to... Can I say something to Malamara real quick? Yeah, you're right next to her, actually, because you backed up 15 feet. Okay, he'll just turn to Malamara, and he'll say, I need you to get close to him. By the way, he cheated during that drinking game we had. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he cheated, not you. Yeah, he Scandal. Okay. <laughs> if you can't, right, and if Mal, you can't it's lie your to turn. your friends, who can you lie to? <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. All right. All right, Mal, your go. Mal looks at him, winks, and then dashes off, and she'll dash and come right up in front of Kawab, and then kind of juke around him so she's behind him. Okay. She will use her action to shoot all three of her Eldridge Blasts at this guy that's right in front of Ralph. Okay, yeah, and he's 10 feet away from you, so you're good there. Nine. Does a 16 hit? 16 just barely hits. And so a 17 will hit. The first one missed, and the other two hit. Got it. 
13 points of force damage to him. Oof. Yeah, they're not happy. And Mal will rage. Yeah! Ha! Good. Raging. As you yell out this bestial scream uh, to the air, Kawab turns around and, like, sort of covers his head, like, what the heck, man? Like, who the crap is this, this person? As this, like, white platinum like aura starts to drift off of you as you enter your rage and in fact as you enter your rage your eyes turn straight white um, as you look at Kawab she takes the totem of the bear I know that's shocking she takes the totem of the bear and as she <laughs> kind of grows and she looks at him and with this snarl and this otherworldly sound to her voice she goes I heard you cheated in that drinking game we played. <laughs> Fueling the rage. I'll have you roll an intimidation check, which you normally wouldn't be able to do. <laughs> Fear me. Ooh, uh, that was 26. What? I rolled a 19 on that dice. Kawab. Peed himself a little. It's fearful of you. <laughs> I'm giving him the uh, frightened condition. Oh, dang no. it. That means he's going to move away. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Pathfinder where he has to run away. Well, when you're frightened in 5e, you don't have to run away, but you can't willingly move closer to the thing that you're frightened of. Got okay. It. And he, you're right next to him, so he can't move closer to you anyway. <laughs> uh, but he'll get disadvantage on all ability and attack rolls um, while he can see you, Malmar. <laughs> So, uh, well done. Now we are going to go to top of the round. It's now Ralph, and Ralph is not liking the place that he's in. He is going to take um, two attacks, though. The first one is going to be, uh, yep, that's going to be a hit, 17 on the die. The second one is a 12 on the die, uh, which brings him up to uh, 17, which also hits. Uh, so he's going to do whack, whack yet again um, against these individuals. So the first attack is going to be 10 points of damage to the one that Mal did damage to with the Eldritch Blast. And this guy is not looking too good. Uh, the other enemy is going to be uh, 12 points of damage to the um, female uh, who engaged him. Still in the Moonbeam as well, which the DM forgot about and forgot to move them out of the moonbeam. So uh, I'm okay with that. Good on the DM there. <laughs> and Ralph is going to try and run away and provoke two opportunity attacks against him. It's just a lot of damage to just try and sit there though. Uh, that is going to be a 12, which is a miss. And uh, okay. The second one is a hit with a 17. Uh, so that's going to be some damage. Ooh, gosh, dang it. 20 points of damage to Ralph as he runs away there. Ralph runs right back to you, Fleeple, behind you actually, and goes, uh, how, about, uh, how about you go uh, uh, take some uh, damage there? That's, uh, I wasn't built for this, really, so. Wow, that really hurt. Oh, my gosh. Don't worry, you stay behind me. And uh, since my moonbeam is still on top of the mole, it's, I guess it's still his turn, technically speaking. Yeah, well, his turn is over, but uh, anything you want to do at the end of his turn or say at the end of his turn? 
I'll just be like, oh, wait until my turn. It's going to be real cool. <laughs> uh, it's now Kawab's turn, who is right next to Malamara. And Mal, he is going to... He's frightened of you. He hasn't taken a lot of damage, but he wants Lance. Bring it. Gosh, you're terrifying him. <laughs> Jeez, woman, I don't want... I've got... <laughs> I've got no beef with you. <laughs> you owe me 25 gold. <laughs> so within light of sight, I'm interpreting that as as long as Kawab can look away from you and like turn his back away from you, he doesn't get disadvantage on his attacks right now. So he is going to, um, he is going to run away. And he's going to run right up to Lance Thalen, provoking an opportunity attack for you, Malamara. 5, 10, 15, 20, if you want to take it. <laughs> yeah. 19. 19's a hit. 1d10. That's 13 slashing damage and 6 radiant damage, so 19 total damage. Oh, wait. 21 with my rage damage. So 16 to 21. 16 plus, no, 13 plus 6 is 19, plus 2 is 21. Sounds good. Ooh, that was a good hit. And he goes, jeez. He goes, I just can't look at that woman right now. Uh, as he runs up to Lance and he just, and he just tries wailing on you. Sorry, Jake. It's okay. I should have run away from him. That was my bad in tactics. So he is going to try and wail into Lance, he does not get advantage. So first attack, that is going to be a 24. That hits. And the next is a non-natural 20, so both hit. Yep. Five, six, uh, 12 points of slashing damage to you, Lance Thalen. And that's going to And He just, uh, as he slashes into you and he goes, my life has been nothing but trouble since I agreed to Court your sorry butt all across Faerun. And that's going to be his turn. Flaple, it's your turn. Yeah, so since my moonbeam can just stay right where it is, uh, I'm not going to worry about using my action to do that. And because my friend Ralph needs somebody to help defend him in this time of need, I'm going to crouch down onto all fours, and uh, you see beneath my sheep's fleece, fur start to sprout out. I become the wolf in sheep's clothing. I become a dire wolf. Ha ha! <laughs> Remembering that I am a druid and I can transform into animals. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> that is a primary function. <laughs> and Ralph goes, hey, um, uh, I can do something similar here. Um, uh, we don't have to get into that right now. Uh, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that Lithari thing. If you want to hear more about that, go uh, go check out our Crunch Squad where we delved into Ralph's character. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, that's your action. Any movement or bonus action, Felipe? Mm, movement. I mean, I'm just going to stick right here next to my friend. And, uh, well, I can't spell cast spells now that I'm a dire wolf. So I'm just going to growl menacingly. Okay. Well, then we'll go to the help, which are still caught in the moonbeam because the DM forgot there was a moonbeam there. Uh, yep. So the first one, 18 con save, right? Well, that's a natural one. And the second one is 
Uh, ooh, that's a 17. Do they have any modifiers? I think they have a plus one. They have a plus two. Okay, so a 19 uh, for the second one. All right, so still half damage. Here's hoping I can get better than seven on 3d10. Much better. That's 20. Ooh. Uh, the one person that's closest to Mal is not liking their situation. They're very bloodied, not quite like on death's door, but very bloodied and just like, what is, what am I doing with my life right now? Uh, the other three, I, I mentioned six people, right? And I haven't talked about the other three because they're actually hanging back. They don't want to be a part of this battle. They actually want to see what's going on to see, like maybe something's going to happen to tip the battle one way or the other and seeing their friend just get blasted with all of this radiant damage two turns in a row and stupidly not moving out of the way why wouldn't they do that it's like they forgot that they had like radiant energy pulsing through their veins the other three are just gonna book it like directly the opposite way from where each of you are coming from uh they're gonna try and go away from the battlefield um away from everybody um out of here but the one in the moonbeam, they're going to run, try and run around Malamara. And they were not happy that they're in the moonbeam. And they are going to do multi-attack against you. They don't have advantage because their other friend hasn't moved yet. Uh, so just normal attack rolls. Uh, that is going to be a 22 and a 15 to hit. So 22 hits and the 15 misses. Okay, so that is seven points of slashing damage to you. Halved. Which is halved, because you're raged. And now the other person does run up out of the moonbeam, and they are flanking Malamara, and they are they do now get advantage with their multi-attack. hack. The first one is a natural 20. Yeah, that hits. And uh, the second one is a 19 on the die as well. That hits. So... That is going to be 96, 9d6 <laughs> damage to you. 96 damage. 96 damage. You could still probably survive even if it was 96 damage. So far. Yeah, so far. Uh, so that's going to be 36 points of slashing damage to you, Malamara. Haft is... Uh, what is that, 18? Gosh, natural 20, and you just... You just take it from me. You just take it. You did 18 D6 wow. damage to me, and I was not raging. <laughs> I don't owe you anything. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault was that for not raging, Malamara? Whose fault was that? <laughs> Excellent. Okay. That's going to be their turn. They are both out of the moonbeam, but uh, Fleeple, the moonbeam is only 10 feet from the one just south of Malamara. And uh, you could technically get both of them in Moonbeam, but you'd have to get Malamara in the Moonbeam as well, just for future reference. Lance, it's your turn. Ralph is to your right, who is sort of like, not cowering, but uh, standing back, defending himself. But Coab is directly in front of you. Fleeple is also 10 feet from you, uh, helping protect Ralph. But again, Coab directly in front of you. All right, this is going to take some finagling, but let's get a little crazy. <laughs> Okay. Lance is just because Coab's right there in his kind of next to him. Lance is just going to like get in Coab's face and he's going to say to him, you remember how you'd always make fun of me because I would say cheesy lines from theater shows. Well, let's get dangerous. And Lance will reach up and crack one of the rubies in his helm of brilliance point 
kind of behind him where the only people who are going to be in the radius of this is him and Coab, and he will cast Fireball. Oh, gosh. So you just want to engulf yourself in flame as well as Ralph, huh? As well as Coab, yeah. Yeah, sorry, not Ralph. <laughs> I mean, we can't include uh, Ralph in that as well. Just, if we like, want, no, sure. barbecues I mean, his ally. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you definitely, I, that's definitely on par with what Lance would do. Okay, that's a deck saving throw, yep. right? Yes, it is. Okay. You rolled pretty high on the die. Okay. So, yeah, that's a 22 uh, deck saving throw. Okay, he saves, so he'll only take half damage. Uh, I rolled a natural 20 for my save. Nice. Nice. And with evasion, I take no damage. Because <laughs> you use your reaction and you saved, so you don't take any damage. Yep. 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 So you say, let's get dangerous. Fire engulfs you as you just like wrap your cloak around yourself. Mm-hmm. And as Kawab like shields himself a little bit, you just are unharmed by the fireball that you just cast in your radius. Uh, what's the damage, though, for Coab? Damage, so 8d6 is what I'm rolling. 31 damage, so halved is 15. <sighs> 15 damage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Coab is definitely bloodied here. Not not happy with what's going on here. You're welcome. Uh, that's your action. It's my action uh, for a bonus action. Can I, if I cast a spell, can I attack with my offhand dagger? You cannot. You have to take the attack action. Okay. Then I will. <laughs> uh, then I will just stay where I'm at and just look into his face very crazily. Like, I'm going down with you if that's what it takes, dude, because that's how much I hate you so <laughs> All right, Mal, you are being flanked by two of the help here, raging, glowing, radiant white from your eyes and an aura drifting off of your skin. What do you do? Seeing Lance get engulfed by a fireball and before knowing the outcome of what really happened, she just shouts out, and she'll take two attack actions against the one just north of her with a right slice and then trying to cleave him through the middle and try and get the other guy as well. I assume he doesn't have, I I hope he doesn't have that many hit points left. Well, we will see. Uh, The first is a 19 to hit. 19 to hit. And the second's an 18 to hit. That is both hits. 21 slashing with, oh, that's not a D8, that's a D10. Plus another 19 radiant, plus another four rage damage. So that was a lot. I forgot what it all was. (laughs) 19 radiant plus four rage. Yeah. So that's 23 right now. What was the first number? I remember. So that's 23 plus. It was 15 plus 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So 44. Total damage. Yeah, you cleave through this first individual, just destroying them. Uh, They fall down, screaming in pain and agony, and you follow through 
and four points of damage go into the other individual. Not expecting it to be as you were fully engaged and their friend didn't quite look on death's door, but with the sheer amount of damage that you can do, uh, this other individual just staring at the sword that um, pierced their armor as they touch their side and blood comes up. They just look into your face with horror, realizing their current situation. Um, that's your uh, action, I believe. It was, and she is going to pull her sword out of the arm of the guy that she hit, since it was only four damage, just sliced into a little bit, and dash toward Lance and flank Kawab as the flames flicker and die on the ground, seeing that they're both standing still. She runs to help flank, taking an attack of opportunity from the guy. Yeah, he's going to try... Um, to, to, to attack you. Uh, that is a 19 on the die, so he is going to do some damage to you. Rolled a 1 on the damage die, so that's only 4 points of slashing damage to you halved to 2. Two. So uh, just like a little toothpick in you. As you go and flank Kawab with Lance Thalen, uh, it's, he's only 15 feet away, so it's not too terribly far from where you currently are at. And uh, from there, it goes to Ralph, and Ralph is just uh, kind of looking around, and he's kind of go like, eh, I kind of don't like that guy uh, running off. Uh, what do you think, Fleeple? Should we try and get him? Oh, but you're in wolf form, right? Might as well. He goes, uh, yeah, I like a good polymorph. Uh, yeah, okay. And so he, like, snaps his fingers as he points over there and uh so he's gonna that guy's gonna roll a save oh my gosh he rolled an 18 on the die actually so uh polymorph uh fails and he goes ah shoot as his fingers like as ralph's fingers like magic courses off off but it like sparks in his hand and he goes ah and he like snaps them and like starts sucking on his fingers and he goes ah that, i really hate it when it uh, when it fails like that um, uh, well Guess we're not getting a cute sloth today, but he is just going to... I howl pitifully. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, he's going to just chill. He's uh, he, hes very injured, so he's not going to be running anywhere right now. It is Kawab's turn, who does not like that he's being flanked right now. So looking between the two of you, he... Oh, gosh. Yeah, he is going to... Gosh. He is going to try and uh, he's going to activate his limited flight ability. So he is going to uh, smack his chest and sort of this like white glow that sort of like this frosty mist starts to like help him levitate. And he's going to try and fly directly up. You both have an attack of opportunity. He's flanked. He, he knows he's not in a good spot, but if he stays there, he's also not in a good spot. So both of you have advantage on this. Natural 20. No. Stop. I rolled a 19, which crits with my white sword. Both of you crit? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and Lance, you get sneak attack. I do. <laughs> so a critted sneak attack. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> well, let's just see... How bad Kawab gets decimated here? Ralph and I are just kind of like glancing back and forth to each other, nodding like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And Ralph's like, yeah, uh, y- your boy seems like he knows what he's doing over there. 
Right. He, he, he kind of seems like he's uh, got under control. Oh my gosh. As a Lance Thalen had fire engulfing his body through this helm of brilliance, just totally unfazed by his own well-being and just totally accepted that death is a natural part of life, but he's not going to die today. Uh, the fear that is activated through Kawab's entire frame as he tries to fly off. Both of you rolling crits against him. Does anybody have their damage figured out here? Are we still doing math? <laughs> 22 from Mal. I didn't roll very good. 22 points of damage from Malamar with a crit. Oh, wait. Plus, I have Savage Attacks, which allows me to roll damage dice again and add it to the total. 22 plus... Six, so 28. So 20. Yeah, that's a good amount that goes right into him. 28. Oh, gosh. Uh, but Lance Thalen, why don't you go and tell us what it is? 63. 63. <gasps> oh, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of imagine like Malamar's attack goes to distract him while Lance, you are just so precise, but Lance Thalen... Tell us how it is done. As he's levitating, <laughs> Lance will literally just reach up, grab like basically like the, where that light emanated from his chest, basically like grab his armor, pull him down. And as he does, he just knife in the heart. Oh my gosh. Um, the thing you grab is actually his pendant. He's a three-tiered pendant uh, gentleman here. Um, but as you grab it, the frost dissipates. He falls directly almost onto you. And as you control his fall and you bring his weight and you pull his weight down upon you, you just drive a dagger right into his heart as Kawab stares at you like, I'm not going to pay you, by the way. And he goes, and that's the thing that he finally gives the ghost up for, uh, is lack of payment. And I'll take the trinket. <laughs> You'll take a trinket of him? Yeah, I'll take a trinket of him. There we go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you have, And so you don't even allow him to pass on as you pull his soul into a trinket into your pocket. What does that trinket look like? All, all of my trinkets look the same. It's just a shard of a mirror. And I can see the reflection of the soul in it. Well, not all of the shards, actually. Because if you recall, last episode, I said there were two trinkets in your pocket that you were unaware of up until this time, up until this moment. Either that you just hadn't felt them, or maybe they spontaneously appeared there. So when I reach in to like, put away this trinket... Because it like kind of pops up in my hand. I feel those other ones. Can I pull them out real quick and look at them in my hand, being like, what the crap are these? Yeah. As you pull them out from your hand, they're definitely not shards. And you have to like stare intently what they are. One of them almost looks like a like a bucket. You're like, what? What on earth? But you realize it's not just a bucket. There's something that is like balanced on top of the bucket. That's one of the trinkets. The second one, though, gives you context. And you're like, wait a minute. Because the second one is very clearly, very clearly, a small, small brick. And the other one is masonry tools. 
like mortar. And so you said, this one's a brick and this one is like mortar. And it's then that you remember, I don't know if friends is too strong of a word for Lance Thalen here, but at least your acquaintance in a crazy story that you're pulled into for brick and mortar. And it's at that point you hear one of their voices emanate through your mind. Aye, that's right, chosen one. We're with you here. That's Fleeple, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. (laughs) Oh, boy. Brick and mortar. All kinds of cameos in this episode. Finally killed Kawab. That technically works because we leveled up to level 10 in the storybook, and I got the ability to collect shards at level, I get that ability at level 9. That's cool. Mm. So you didn't get them back until you regained that level. Yeah. Sure. Well, Kawab trying to run off, completely being decimated. I know we left the other individual just hanging (laughs) who had the moonbeam there. But if there was no argument, they were going to try and book it and just follow their other three friends who were just running away. So if you have disagreements about letting them run, we'll approach that next on the next episode of ICAST Fireball. So as always, Jacob, Ned, Mickey, thank you so much for being fantastic players, creative, fantastical, wonderful players. But you listeners... Thank you for joining us in this last leg of iCast Fireball as we have all the cameos, all of the battles, and try to see the climactic conclusion to the Tyranny of Dragons campaign. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We love hearing from you. We love hearing what is reaching out to you and when you jumped in on the adventure. If you also want to reach out to us, we have an email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com, where you can shoot in and leave something a little bit longer than a review. But we also have our social media pages, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube, and lastly, our Patreon-exclusive Discord, where you can jump on to patreon.com slash iCastFireball20, and you can jump on our $5 tier, where you can jump into our Discord and get all of the scoop of what's going on in campaign one and maybe even some teasers that's what's going to happen in season two for iCast Fireball so go take a look at us on Patreon and see what tier works for you we want to shout out our sister podcast Improv Tabletop they've got amazing one month fate accelerated adventures they've got their epic conclusion to Pride and Prejudice and Puppets over on their channel today so uh, go take a look at them over there where me, Brick, and Mortar actually are players in that fake campaign. So uh, go, don't forget to leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM. And around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.